Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show, Coach. Live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and the Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by Lifelong Sports Channel. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg, and I'm joined by my usual partners in crime. We got J3 in the building. What's going on, J3? Good evening. How you doing? What's up, fellas? What's up, J3? Oh, we also got the professor in the building looking real serious and studious. What's going on, professor? How you doing this evening, my brother? Hey, bless you, my brothers. Happy anniversary to all of our crew. So happy to be here. Let's get it. Praise the Lord. My man Ed is in the building at a secluded location. What's going on, Ed? How you feeling, brother? And I'm I'm good. I'm trying to make it. Um, it is a secluded location. It is a secluded location. But uh, uh, yeah, it is. I'm happy to be here. Lucky to be here. Let's do this. And since it's in the building, how you feeling, since? What's going on, partner? What's good, fellas? Happy anniversary to hosts and the crew and everybody. Ready to talk some sports with y'all? Let's get it. Now, this evening, we will talk about college football. We will do a week one review and do a week two preview for you. We got to talk about the NFL week one. It's pro football time, fellas. Thursday's kickoff. And we're going to start to show off with something a little different. As you've heard by a couple of people, last Thursday, the second, was our second year anniversary for Post. For the actual show, our first show was September 2nd, uh, 2019. So the Post show is off and running. So tonight is the start of season three, year three. And we want to start off by first getting out some acknowledgments to some of the people that helped us get to this position. Um, so first and foremost, I got to thank the ladies behind the scenes that not only helped create this show, and I'll get to them, but the ladies that allow this show to go on each and every week. And what I mean by that is most of us on this show are married. So in order for us to be able to take time out each week, not only the hour, the hour and 15 minutes to do the actual show, the prep time to do the show, the time we spend talking to each other, texting each other and all that, we we know that we could be doing other things that might be um, a little more productive for the household, but we enjoy doing this for you each and every week. So let me start off by thanking Miss Janine Bradford, we appreciate you, Janine. Thanks, baby. We got to thank Miss Brittany Williams, uh, Jay Wills, beautiful wife. We appreciate you. Thanks, Brittany. Got to thank my sister, Karen Somerville. Now, Karen, not only does she do what she does each and every week, Karen was getting in the car, riding to our first location each Amen. and every week supporting yes, us. Yes, Karen sir. was actually sat down and listened to me and J3 do a mock show 
I know she ain't want to do that. So, sis, <laughs> I really appreciate you. <laughs> uh, we also got to thank my wife, uh, me, and my daughter, G. Uh, they actually helped us figure out a whole bunch of stuff. They actually got helped right. us come up with posts, yeah. colors, whole bunch of things. So, ladies, my ladies, yeah. I truly appreciate you. Absolutely. Some other big ladies that made significant contributions to us. Got to shout out Miss Darnita. Mm-hmm. Darnita helped mm-hmm. create our logo. Yes. Which is now patent. The U.S. Right. Patent and Trade Office. Yeah, so logos are patent. Thank you, Darnita, for your time and expertise in doing that. Absolutely. And our sister Kay for helping take put that logo into real life and getting us some fly gear. So we appreciate yeah, yeah. all the ladies yeah, yeah. that helped us get going. Yeah, yeah. Next off, I, I want to shout out some of my brothers that helped push and inspire us to take this next step to actually create the show. Hey, hold on, bro. Hold on. TV bad, time out. TV time out. If you're doing women, if you're doing women, you got to shout out Miss Angela. You got to shout out Miss Angela. You, you, I, I ain't forgot about Angela. Go Minnesota. Go Minnesota. Japanese means I'm sorry. <laughs> I definitely forget about Angela. She she's coming up next after the fellas. The there were a group of fellas who have been prodding me for some years, push me and saying, "Man, you need to do this." Every time we talk to you, all you talking about is sports. Do something. Stop putting it off. But one evening when we were all at dinner in Alabama, this group of brothers, we actually game planned and actually brainstormed. And what became post, the bones of that started at that dinner. So to to my brother, the seven-footer, the poet, my man, Kemet, I appreciate you. Big Wheezy, happy birthday, (laughs) brother, over the weekend. Yes, Man, sir. I'm sorry I couldn't celebrate it with you, but you know you and my wife are birthday twins, but I appreciate you. C-Dub. Man, keep spinning them wheels and doing your thing. G-Money. Mm-hmm. Not only do I appreciate you for that evening, but actually coming on, guest hosting, doing some things. And the man that made all that possible, who unfortunately wasn't there, but um, really, really has helped us get to the place that we're we're at. My man, Big Hill. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, brother. Mm-hmm. So next, as J3 mentioned, Miss Angela, aka A Michelle. Thank you, thank you for giving us our first broadcast platform for believing in these crazy two dudes that showed up at your (laughs) studio saying, hey, we want to do this sports show. Oh, we never did one before. (laughs) 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 But we're going to figure this out. (laughs) So we we definitely appreciate you for giving us a a shot to get this going. And we don't know where we'd be without you. Next. I got to go to 
the many, many guest hosts and our family of regulars that have come through. Start off by one of our originals, Big Al. Mm -hmm. Hey, brother, Big we Al. always remember you. Uh, looking forward to the day when your schedule works out so you can come out and talk some baseball with us and do what you do. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, G-Money uh, coming up, taking the ride all the way up to be more where we started this thing. Uh, J-Mini, you still part of this crew, but make sure you hit them books and get that done first and foremost. We'll be yes. here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My baby girl, G, appreciate you. When you come on, you bring a different light to the show. Mm -hmm. uh, the ladies' point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, you two ladies bring the fire when y'all are on the show, so I greatly appreciate that. Baby, killing it. My fellas from Delay of Game, each and every one of you, appreciate you. Um, you guys actually were a little bit of an inspiration because I know y'all started y'all's before. So being able to say, okay, it can happen. Queensberry Tony. <laughs> man, can't wait till we do another boxing show because we get it in. Our buddy Chris, I uh, can't, can't forget Ed's sister. I mean, mm -hmm. we've had some great co-hosts in this thing that have helped add energy and fire to this show. So thank you all. Thank you all. And then all the special guests that we have been able to bring to you to talk about things, sometimes not sports, mental health. Mm -hmm. Get to talk about what happened in Philadelphia in the early forms of basketball to hear a, a local legend give us his story. Um, talk about, you know, what's going on with football. So we appreciate all the special guests and we look forward to it bringing many, many more in the future. But then it comes, my fellas. If y'all know what goes on behind the scenes to put on this one-hour show <laughs> each and every week, some of y'all would be shocked. <laughs> so to my fellas, to help make this happen each and every week in some form or fashion where we might have five, six, <laughs> three, two of us, I really appreciate y'all. Because we've gone two years, haven't missed a week except for one, and we did that to support the Black Lives Matter movement. So we shut that down on purpose. Mm -hmm. So we bring it each and every week. So to my brothers, Ed, Jay Wills, uh, brother, you were always part of the show. You're handling your family business, and we understand, so don't even worry about that. Professor yeah, yeah. Jay. All you do behind the scenes, my brother, the technical side. Yes, sir. If it wasn't for you, yes, sir. trust and believe this show, we still be uh, on uh, laptops <laughs> trying to figure out how to get it on something. So, bro, I appreciate you. Since, glad to have you part of the team, partner. You bring a different element, even though it's got some L.A. vibes to it. We're we going to leave that alone. We're going to leave that alone. A lot of people don't know since since is the photographer behind a lot of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you if you need a good photo shoot, please check out our man. Hit please. us up and we'll get you in contact. Thank you. And then last but not least, my man J3. Without J3, 
this show would have never ever happened because I got to be real with y'all. Your boy Big Red sometimes can procrastinate just a little bit. Mm. <laughs> so without J3 saying, yo, I got a format for your show, and I had to tell him, I ain't got no show. <laughs> and talk me into going to meet Angela to sit down and talk to her about this. So, brother, I appreciate you, uh, not only for this, but for all you do for me. So, uh, big love to all of y'all. Um, and, 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 and those those that don't know J three, he knows a little bit. He knows everybody. If you need something, or if you need to be in contact with somebody, he's the man you need to talk to because he knows everybody. True story. <laughs> the mayor, I call True story. <laughs> and if and if he don't know him, he gonna put the feelings out and find somebody that does. So mm-hmm. absolutely. So my brother, true, true, true. I appreciate y'all. And we can already get to this year three. We're going to get bigger and better, stronger, and we're going to keep doing it. So, can I get a TV timeout one more time, though? Yeah. <laughs> can we give a shout out to all our, all our listeners? Because they, they, they chime in each and every yeah. week. And we got to give a shout out to them because I'm telling you right now, without y'all, this show wouldn't keep going on. And we appreciate y'all coming on every Tuesday night and listening to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. And to uh, one of our biggest listeners, one of our first listeners, <laughs> Mom, we love you. Keep, keep doing it. Keep doing it. We appreciate yes. you each and every week. BJ, hey, I yes. know you're busy, bro, but we appreciate you coming in, checking in. Mama Carolyn, uh, mm-hmm. All y'all, we definitely appreciate y'all each and every week. And if y'all think there's something we can do to better the show, please let us know. Because all we want to do is get better, keep expanding, and bring our views of what we feel in the sports world to the world. So thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to the fellas. Let's start. All right, we did that. Let's talk some sports. Let's get Let's go. <laughs> College football week one. Woo! off on Thursday night. Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's one of the quote-unquote big four that's mm-hmm. always going to be in the hunt. Ohio State struggled. I don't know if y'all watched that game, but it took until late in the second half for Ohio State to take control of that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. freshman QB CJ Stroud end up throwing four TDs, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. And they was playing a depleted Minnesota. So what y'all think of Ohio State? I think Ohio State's gonna be fine. Um, obviously they're talented. They're one of the five, three, well, actually three, four most talented teams in college football. <laughs> but we can't we, we gotta we gotta remember that they've lost. Um, two first-round quarterbacks the last three years. Um, and the kid that was playing was a freshman. I believe he was a redshirt freshman, though, C.J. Yes. Stroud. But nevertheless, he was a freshman and really didn't get any, you know, that much significant playing time prior to um, this year. So I think that it was a situation that he just needed to settle down. Um, and once he did, which was in the second half, you, you started seeing it. 
and then the depth of Ohio State over Minnesota. Can, and let's not forget about Minnesota. Minnesota, they may they may not win a lot, but but they are very well coached. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once the coaching, you know, the coaching kind of levels things until the talent takes over. And I think that's what happened with the Ohio State. But I think I honestly believe Ohio State is going to be fine. Obviously, I think they're going to be one of the final four teams uh, when you look at their schedule down the road. But it was probably about the game I expected. I, I, I have to say, believe it. Now, I will say this, a local kid that um, star running back for Minnesota, Ohio State really didn't start pulling away until he got hurt. And mm-hmm. come to find out he's lost for the year. Um, so, But it was a part of what I expected as far as the game is concerned. Well, I kind of see it different. Um, <laughs> Come on, speak with your chest. Come on. Now. All right. So, <laughs> with this, um, you know, this uh, turn of events, I, 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 I see some blood possibly in the water to the mm-hmm. to the point where um, Ohio State might not be that uh, one of them last teams standing. I mean, they could possibly, but it's just going to be a tougher road because, as you uh, mentioned, uh, it, there's a freshman quarterback. Redshirt uh, freshman, but a freshman nonetheless. And I mean, it, it, while you have some like you know Wonderkin kind of freshman who just beast out right out the gate, I, I don't see it here. And um, I mean, finally, this could be the year that Michigan beats Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. Let's, let's slow down now. I'm saying it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just something that we should uh, definitely uh, pay attention to. Did you really think Michigan looked that good to, to say to make that statement? Because yeah. I don't see it. I mean, it's going to be a good game. I could see this this being the year that Michigan uh, finally in a long time beats Ohio State. So you're, you're saying C.J. Stroud is not going to get better. They're not going to progress more than what they did in this first game. Ohio State generally is that team that gets better throughout the season. And I don't like Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I would rather Michigan beat them. But just using my eyes and analyzing the games from this weekend, I mean, Michigan don't really look like they ready to turn that corner just yet. My, and I'll talk about my criticism of Michigan later. But to this point, Ohio State, to me, they struggled out of the gate just like a few other teams we're going to get to. But I think all of those teams are going to ramp up and go in that right direction. I think Ohio State just showed the greenness of a freshman quarterback, but he still ended up throwing four touchdowns, just like Notre Dame's quarterback. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but I do think that I agree more with Ed's argument than I do with yours, since because I just don't think – Michigan will have enough, and they're going to lose a game before they get to Ohio State. So I'm not really sure that that's going to pan out for you this year. It's the first game, so we shall see. But go ahead, Big Rich. Yeah, here's the general thing, because I really I took a deep look at this week one, and a lot of people say, oh, it's just week one. It was just week one. I think this is going to be a very competitive year in almost every conference because I think there are less dominant teams this year than I've seen in the last few years. I think the Ohio States of the world, and we're going to get to the Clemsons and all. I, 
I think more of those teams are back to the pack mm-hmm. and they aren't separating themselves. So we're going to get some interesting college football throughout the weeks. Now there's some that have separated, but we're going to talk about them in a second. Let's talk about Friday. Anytime you can go to Blacksburg, Virginia and play a game that's going to end at night, you better bring your lunch pail and you better be ready for a dog fight. Because Virginia Tech is not to be trifled with, especially at night. And, and them beating num- number 10, UNC, was a big illustration that uh, the ACC is not as strong as the preseason ranks put them. And I don't think they have a dominant team in the ACC. Mm-hmm. We saw that this week. <laughs> Big Ranch, what Friday night showed me, and subsequently um, up until last night, it showed me that dark clouds are looming, and I'm sure we're going to get into this, but dark clouds are looming over the ACC as far as, <laughs> as, far as the football conference because this might be the year that the ACC just simply gets shut out. Mm. Of the college football um, playoff, and 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 it may be the first yeah. time that you see a two-loss team, particularly from the SEC, that makes it because of, um, again, what started Friday night with UNC losing to another ACC team, but unranked. North Carolina went down, like you said. North Carolina got defeated in Blacksburg by. Uh, Virginia Tech team that has their own internal problems, but nevertheless, I think the big the big problem is the ACC is in trouble, and it's yeah. deep trouble. Yeah, they had three teams ranked in the top fourteen in the preseason rankings, and all three of those teams lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and none of them looked good. It wasn't like it was a good loss. Mm-hmm. Well, none. it gets it gets deeper than that. They they had they had losses. To FC, FCS team. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So it's it's you know, and then again, we'll get to we'll get to Clemson in a few, but yeah, I see I see a problem with the ACC. But um, as far as that game, I knew North Car- to wrap it up. I knew North Carolina was going to struggle this year. They have Sam Howell, who is supposed to be a top ten, potentially top one, the, the first quarterback taken in the next year's draft. And I knew he was going to struggle. We talked about this Saturday. I knew he was going to struggle because he lost two running backs that are starting in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. And, and a receiver and that's receiver. going to get a lot of play in the NFL yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. All right. yeah. Coach Coach Brown even said that his team was overrated. Yeah, and I thought maybe I was looking at a basketball ranking with North Carolina <laughs> being number yeah, 10. Like, like, that, was, that, that was tragic. Yeah. Going into Blacksburg? Yeah. I mean – I know they got a new coach, but that's beamer ball down there, baby. Yeah, you got yeah. running up in there just doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that defense was just hammering North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, was. I was like, yo, they, they did not deserve that ranking. And heads hats off to the coach for, for recognizing that this boy's got a whole lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Speaking of defenses hammering a team, oh Lord, let's talk about the most dominant performance of the weekend. And they were two. Mm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. There were two. 
But the most dominant performance on both sides of the ball, because the other one was only dominant on one side of the ball. That game was over in the first quarter. Right. Oh, it was yeah. Michael Irvin's tight jeans he had on it. <laughs> and that tight jacket. <laughs> It was over like, in the first quarter. I was like, what is, like, what baby gap did you get that? From? Yeah, your boy Derek King should have kept his mouth shut. He yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. They were talking yeah. mad trash, yeah. and they put it on him. Mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. I was feeling sorry for him in the second half. Yeah, I was, I was like, yeah. they can get I mean, him hurt. Keep your mouth shut. Right, they even prematurely brought out the turnover chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, Those are your boys, though, sis. I know, dude. I have nothing to say. I have no leg to stand on today because, yeah, they got, they got our butts like pummeled. Luckily, they got a field goal. And, and l- let me put all the college football teams, give them a warning never, ever agree to play Nick Saban while he's at Alabama for the kickoff game. It's your funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alabama doesn't lose. I don't care where it is. If it's in Jerry World, if it's in Atlanta, wherever it is, if Alabama want to pay you for the first game, say no. Mm-hmm. Because you get saving a whole summer to game plan for you, it's going to be a problem. No. And then we didn't talked about the highest quarterback recruit that Alabama's Ever had Mr. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. All he did was set, you know, Alabama school records for the first time starting, throwing four touchdowns. He looking so smooth. In that pocket. Oh, oh, hold up, hold up. Let me interject. And they said the boy from North Carolina was the leader out of the clubhouse for the Heisman Trophy. What were they smoking? Mm. Bryce Young clearly is the class. Yeah, he looked like he's been there before, Bryce Young. Like he played really well. He played really well. But to put what you just said into perspective, Big Reg, you said he was the highest rated quarterback ever to attend Alabama, which is a fact. But now, now, now the next part, what I'm going to say, puts that in a little perspective because the three quarterbacks that preceded him are starting Sunday mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yep. So that's saying something. So, so that is really a long statement. Yeah, <laughs> Alabama didn't used to put starting quarterbacks no. in the NFL. No. Plus, you got four wide receivers that have mm. gone in the first round in the last two years that came mm-hmm. from Alabama. So everybody said all the receivers are gone. The line is three new players on the line. Running back, running People. back. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nazi forgot Nazi. all about Nazi. can't think. People, what we do at Alabama is something totally different. It's an NFL team that happens <laughs> to play college football. I'm just telling you, we we don't rebuild. We don't even reload. We got people in the chamber already. Next man up. So as soon as that five star, you can't believe how good this guy leaves. Somebody ready to take his spot. Mm-hmm. Keep Let's moving. do this. So, but let me get off Alabama. Let me talk about the team that I was kind of. Really disappointed in, and they Clemson. actually won that game. No, I'm, I'm not even going to Oklahoma. 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 Oh, yeah. No defense. <laughs> mm. 
how can you just barely be Tulane? And if it wasn't for you stopping a guy a half a yard short, y'all would have lost that game. How can you, after all the stuff they talked over the year, that they was going, this is their year to win the national championship. They got the best defense ever. They got the other Heisman hopeful in Rattler. Tulane, a team that had to leave their campus. They were actually practicing at Alabama. Mm. The Tulane Greenway moved to Alabama. Alabama let them use their indoor facility to practice before that game because they can't, they couldn't go back to school. Travel across the country to your joint, and you barely beat them. Mm. And my my wife corrected me, so I'm not going to say what I said to them, but their lack of effort and their lack of physicality that Oklahoma has is a problem. They better fix it. They got a they got maybe a year, depending on when they jump to the SEC. But they better fix it, and they better fix it fast. I actually thought about this game after you know after it went off because obviously I couldn't pay a hundred percent attention to that game because I was nervous and hyped up about the uh, the Bama game. But I did I did manage to catch some of it, and then I also went back and thought about the game, and I was like, "This Spencer Rattler, the quarterback, the highly highly uh, ranked quarterback as far as the next draft coming up potentially." and Heisman Trophy, he was throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> and I was wondering if it was if, – if that may have got him in trouble as far as did they really seriously consider um, the, their opponent, the, uh, the Green Wave. And I was like, well, maybe if they even took him a little lightly, um, you, that's still no excuse for you know barely coming out of that game alive, and I was like, you know, was it was it were they playing down to the competition? But the problem is, even if you have that mentality where you let up and you let a team even believe they have an opportunity to beat you when talent level allegedly is not even in the same stratosphere, exactly. That's a problem. That's a but that's a that's an institutional problem. And that's a reflection of their coach. That's the right. Highly, the highly right. regarded Lincoln. Absolutely. Rock. Absolutely. So, you know, like I was telling you, Big Reg, on Saturday, I think that Lincoln may consider jumping to the NFL mm-hmm. because he's been a hot – they've been after him for the last two or three years. I would actually leave because – Before he gets have, exposed. He's going to have a problem, mm-hmm. right? His star might get a little dim when he starts having to play – the Alabamas, the Texas A&Ms, the Georgias, the Floridas. Um, so we'll see how that hopefully works. This is the, yeah, hopefully this is their wake-up call. Yeah, but I'd cash in. But, yeah, since maybe it is their work-up work, uh, wake-up call, but it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been an ongoing problem. It just, didn't, it just didn't, you know, manifest itself Saturday. It's been going on for a couple yeah. years. No, it's, it predates yeah. Lincoln Riley. It was yeah. going on when Stoops was there. Stoops. Mm. Yeah, but but let me say this. When we watched him convert and, and really help the career of Jalen Hurts a couple of years ago, he made him into a much better passer. He read the defense a lot better. Give him kudos for that. 
But back then, he was exposed even then. If we're not even looking at Stoops, let's look at Lincoln Riley. So I agree with what Marcus says. They don't play defense. The game that they lost, or two that they lost, Jalen played lights out, but the defense let them down at the end of the game. So this is not anything new with this coach. I think he's been exposed at least two years ago. So he should have made his jump a long time ago. Maybe he could be an OC, but he definitely needs to bring in a bona fide defensive coordinator or they somebody. Keep that that they keep I, doing that. He's on his third. <laughs> well, maybe he don't choose wisely because them boys don't play any defense. It's sad to see an offensive explosion on one side and then a defense that can't stop the two-lane green wave from almost beating them in a game that they probably should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's but my my biggest thing again was the lack of physicality when you playing a team where you obviously got the Joes over the other team. Oh, how are they gonna come to the SEC? Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I, man, maybe you should rethink that. Yeah, Ed and Professor, your point brings me to the next game that we need to talk about. Probably the biggest game of the weekend because I see this is the same issue. With that game, Georgia beat Clemson ten mm. three, mm-hmm. and the only score was a yep. pick six. Mm-hmm. So it was a total defensive struggle. Now, the other dominant unit on that field was Georgia's defense. I I got to give props where props are due. That looked like an old school Alabama defense. Kirby. But there's a problem with that. But that's a problem with that. There's a big problem with that. Because his offense, he plays offense to that defense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Saban realized that that defense can't continue to win, and he changed. But he also knew that he had to change his defense to Mm -hmm. stay with the offense because he was going to go up-tempo, which means more possessions. That means your defense sometimes is going to get on the field quicker so they don't have time. You're not grinding out games where your defense can sit there on the sidelines, drink four gallons of Gatorade, then go out there and crush everybody and make it a 3-3-6-3 game. Them days over. Mm -hmm. And if you don't develop your offense, what happens when they get into the big games? They can't compete on the offensive side. They play great defense, but sooner or later, these high-powered offenses are going to score 17, 20-some points, and your team can't score that. Hmm. Kirby is in the same situation as Lincoln Riley, just on different sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Lincoln Riley is a great offensive mind. I'm not sure if he's a head coach. Mm -hmm. Well, Yeah, same thing, yeah. Kirby is a phenomenal defensive coach, and I a one recruiter, so he's getting the guys, but he won't change to let someone younger come in and update his offense, which means mm. he got to change his defense. Mm. And see, here's the difference between well, there's a lot of differences, but we, if in case people have forgot, Kirby's deck technically a, a saving disciple. Absolutely. I mean, so it's so so he sat at the at the footstool, so to speak of Nick Saban. But the the thing he didn't take from Nick Saban was perhaps Saban's greatest attribute like you just mentioned, his willingness to adapt. 
Mm. Kirby had a front row seat in the national championship game in 2017 that Tua came off the bench and won, where he saw the future defeat him. Yeah. He mm -hmm. saw it because he was playing that, that game in the first half. It was an old school Alabama, Georgia, what you saw Saturday night between Clemson and, and, um, and, Georgia, and Georgia. Georgia. You saw that. And then the second half, Tua came out. Uh, they spread everybody out, and the rest is history. <laughs> exactly. You know, the receivers start running free. Georgia didn't know what to do with it. Even the last final touchdown that Tua was, which was the walk off to uh, Devontae Smith when they both, both were true freshmen. The safety missed the assignment. He didn't know how to react because it was foreign to him. So, like you said, Kirby's in trouble, and that's why I don't really take Georgia serious this year, even though they have an incredible – I mean, their, their line of scrimmages, both sides, are incredible. But for, for whatever reason, Kirby will not adapt to the times on offense, and that's going to be his Achilles heel, I think. Mm. Yeah, to your point, Big Rage and um... – USA. It seems like the SEC, with the exception of Alabama, because they had head and shoulders above everyone else, is wide open. Because I mean, you like the, the teams that you once counted on to be there to compete, you kind of like, you know, shaky about like even LSU, them losing the UCLA. Mm. Why you gonna go all the way cross country and get embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> and then you talking trash walking into the stadium, mm -hmm. made a, a sexist. Possibly homophobic type of joke, yeah, and then you get beat. Come on, man! With mm -hmm. all the stuff you got going on on your campus, and I'm not even talking about either. I'm talking right. about all the off the yeah. stuff that's going to get you run up out of there. Yeah, man. Come move, on, Coach man. O, bad move. <laughs> well, you guys understand, Coach O is—he seems to be one of those Neanderthals, and he benefited. People forget. Coach O was have has constantly been on the hot seat in LSU. They didn't even really want him. The transfer from Ohio State saved, literally saved his job. So it's not like it's not like you know this is really a big shock. And the rumors were were circulating even before the season kicked off that he was on the hot seat two years removed from a national championship. So and those I'm sure those that those are coming from those rumors are coming from within. Yeah, you know those are like the super boosters that again that we talk about that you never see, but actually mm -hmm. run the program. So, Coach O got to be careful, and he got to correct that. You know, get that ship right, so to speak, if he even can, or he'll be out of there. Like I said, two or three years removed from a national title. So I think 2019 was the aberration. I think this is the real LSU. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, it very well could be because again they fell into a quarterback because fell into a quarterback. Player. Almost all of their players were juniors and seniors. Mm -hmm. They put 13, 14 guys in the NFL that year. Mm -hmm. It just it was a perfect storm. So we will I see. I was just feeling himself, man. He remembered his days at USC. So he's walking <laughs> back in the California thinking he was going to be so. But yeah, he he is a Neanderthal, man. He he better get it right, or he gonna be without a job real soon. And what we're seeing is Neanderthal coaches that won't adapt. Yeah, are not for long. Randy Assel, <coughs> excuse me. Right. Oh uh -huh. he was going to wait. <laughs> Let's play out the season. He's like, nah, you leave now. Nah, you leave now, right? 
that was that was the funniest thing. He put out his own thing. I'm gonna leave at the end of the year. Oh no, you just lost to uh, Holy Cross. <laughs> Holy Cross, come on now. Can't believe he was Maryland's coach, man. He got to get up out of here. All right, let's talk to the big game on Sunday. Were you nervous, Professor? Yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> because when, when Milton came in and he gave that change of pace and he went four for four on a scoring drive after Notre Dame was up by 18, I was like, this is about to get real interesting. Because they were able to change the offense and call different plays that fit McKenzie, I mean, Milton more than the, yeah. than the other quarterback because they had him bottled up. And then the bonehead play that the coach called on fourth and two, I just knew the game was iced in. But when he came in and he led that scoring drive, because I was about to be like, oh, we running away with this. I about to talk some trash. And then when that happened, I was like, let me sit back and watch the outcome of this game. Now, I'm, now we talked about defense. I'm going to tell you straight up, Notre Dame's defense is trash. Other than number 14, Kyle Hamilton, who's uh, projected to be the number fifth pick in next year's draft, because that dude is a beast, had two interceptions in the game. The rest of that defense is raw, green, and they just can't tackle. The running attack for, for Florida State was driving me nuts. And, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let y'all go ahead. Those uh, three defensive uh, 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 linemen and linebackers that Florida State brought in, to, to, to galvanize that defense, them boys was balling. I was like, Florida State's defense is brand new. They were flying around. They were hitting. I was like, yo, this is crazy. And they kept Notre Dame from really opening up the floodgates because, tell you the truth, it should have been 21 nothing out the gate, out the gate. That game should have never been close. But, yeah, I think them not being ranked is a problem. And you got North Carolina at number 10, the way they look. Who, whoever makes these rankings is crazy because I think Florida State should have been in the top 25. Well, I agree with you, Professor. And the problem is those rankings are based on last year. So it's all projections. Mm -hmm. Until maybe like the third or fourth game of the year, mm -hmm. you really can't get an indication of where everybody at is, is at. But don't forget now to Notre Dame's defense even though a lot of their problems was on not on the, the offensive side, so to speak, but they, they're broken on a new quarterback, too. Oh, and, oh he balled. Yes. He balled. Mr. Co Mr. Cohen balled. Yes. And Florida State, don't forget, people want to forget about Florida State, but they had some turmoil the last few years, but they are in Florida, mm -hmm. and they're one of the premier historic premier uh, teams in this country, let alone the state of Florida, Florida State was actually the only ACC team that I was like, okay, they. I, I thought I, I think they they represented their conference the best. If you don't include Notre Dame as a as a as a representative <laughs> of the ACC, a full time at least anyway, but they actually represented them, themselves the best, and that particular game represented the ACC the best out of all the games that was actually played or teams that played this weekend. So I agree. Like you said, Professor, I say hats off to Florida State. They seem to have finally settled on a coach and a philosophy and got some players in there that want to actually be there and you know do what they need to do to get back on where they where, where they probably should be all along. But then again, Brian Kelly, he got noted he got Notre Dame where they finally should be parentally competing for a national title. And 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 obviously they're 
if they were in the ACC officially, would be the class of the ACC as we stand, as we speak. True that, true that. I'm going to put up to the fellas uh, BJ's question. We actually talked about this before the show, BJ, a little bit. Mm, mm, mm. What y'all think mm. of seeing these full stadiums? Mm. Well, what? 95% maskless people. Mm. Not surprised. Yeah, not surprised and not surprised. Kind of like <laughs> uh surmising to the fact that we might not get back to normal until probably oh 2025. It pisses <laughs> me off, BJ. And, and I'm hey, let me jump in here before you go. Because the simple fact is if you're paying attention to the statistics and the numbers around the country, we are now at a different number than we were this time last year. When we're supposed to be getting better, hospital beds around the country are now at 90% capacity to people that are unvaccinated, right? So now we pack in these stadiums again, full to the hilts, right? You know there are thousands of people in these stadiums that are carriers. They yelling, they coughing, they screaming, they spitting, and you right there just taking it all in right alongside of them without mm -hmm. any masks on. I know parents want to see their kids play. They there. I seen the husband and wife combination. Wife got on the mask, husband don't. Well, husband can bring it home to the wife. People forget that this thing is airborne and it's not making any sense because I know you want the money. You want people to have fun, but you're taking our country in the wrong direction and we're going to end up going right back to closed stadiums and closed mm -hmm. venues mm -hmm. because it's going to be too much of a greater pandemic that's happening on us. And here's the thing, fellas. We're in the Delta variant. What do you think coming next? It's just mm. like the flu. There's going to be another variant coming. Yeah, you say not even prepared. Mm. Well, BJ, uh, to, to answer BJ's question, to, to so for us to answer that question, it's, it, we have to really kind of step back because everybody that, that I'm talking to right now that I can see, my, my co-host, we're all on the same page as far as vaccines as far as staying, you know, staying cognizant of your surroundings, wearing masks, you know, washing hands. So we're all on the same page. But the crazy thing that I see when I look at that stadium is I just think I just think that they don't get it. Obviously they don't get it. Because if you look at it, the dim, the, the numbers like you were alluding to Professor J, the numbers suggest that the the group that is this is most affecting right now are the con are are you probably the demographics that was at that stadium, you know, between what 18, 17, and what say, say, let's say 35. That age group is the young, that age group is being disproportionately affected by this virus now. But yet you see the behavior that they that that's being that that's happening. Um and it's just a microcosm of what's going on, you know, nationwide. You go into you if you if you're out and about, you go into you happen to go get you something to eat, whether carry out or if you sit down and decide to eat at that restaurant, you see it. You know, you you you, you walk through uh, any place. We I'm sure we we'd have a mask on. The your, your the not the likelihood of someone else having one on is slim to none. So. I just think it's reckless, but I think when we talk about um, getting back to normal, I think we're actually in normal now. So it's not no getting back to normal. We're already there. So that's the scary part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt 
I had two emotions. I was excited to see the full stadiums, and then I immediately got scared. I, I shared a quick story with uh, Sense before we went on the show. Italy was the first major outbreak of this virus as far as a whole nation. And they traced that back to a soccer game, one soccer game that had 60,000 people in the stands screaming, yelling, because you know how they are in Europe about their soccer or their football, football, as they call it. They traced their countrywide pandemic to that soccer game. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to do that multiple times every weekend throughout college campuses and pros. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, it concerns me. And one thing I can guarantee you, you won't see Big Reg at any stadiums anytime soon. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No Love the sports, but, yeah, I can't do that. Just give you a preview of some good games to look out for uh, this coming weekend. Um, on Saturday, you got Ohio State at Oregon. It's a noon kickoff on Fox. That should be a good game. Um, I'm interested in seeing Texas A&M at Colorado to see how Texas A&M travels to a team that actually was playing pretty good last year, but they should handle them. Iowa, Iowa State, eh, Mm. we'll see. That's that in-state rivalry, so anything could happen. Uh, Your U is on upset alert, bro. (laughs) <laughs> still the you <laughs> they better they, they better bring it because Appalachian State ain't nothing to sneeze at they ain't but we gonna handle it okay coach Irv your Michigan point I, I, Michigan I think gonna lose to Washington this weekend but that's gonna be interesting. Now, who did Washington play last week? They lost to Montana. Exactly. So mm. no, that's how much I think about Michigan. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and last yeah. but not least, Stanford at USC. So it's, uh, we we should have some good games. A lot of the big boys are either off this week or playing cupcakes. So week three, we get some real good games. So we'll start talking about that week three. Let's do some NFL previews. NFL kicks off Thursday. Probably the biggest story that the NFL really doesn't want to be the biggest story. You got a bunch of players that aren't going to be able to play this week because they're testing positive. Mm. Some Mm. of them are vaccinated. But that's going to be the story throughout this season. Mm -hmm. So get ready for that. But we got Dallas kicking off at Tampa Bay. The world champions get to celebrate. <laughs> um, somebody asked for more Dallas talk, so I'm going to give it to you right here. They in trouble Thursday night. Taking that Losers. They in real <laughs> trouble Thursday I'm night. I'm going to have a field day on you. Because one thing I do know, Brady ain't going to let that t- team slip. That's right. That's my quarterback. So it's, it's going to be real interesting. Y'all in trouble. 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 What other games are y'all looking forward to seeing this weekend? Um, hmm. That's a good one. The I mean, naturally, uh, Washington against the Chargers. But um, uh, as far as another game, yeah, I think that's probably. There's two. Everybody. <laughs> 
Well, that's true. But I want to see how Cleveland, if Cleveland is for real when they visit Kansas City, because we'll we'll find out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's no, it's if that defense is so so good, we'll find out on, on uh, this weekend. And then um, the Monday night game, I'm really looking forward to, which is the Baltimore game. Baltimore visiting the Raiders. So Raiders picked up your boy too, Le'Veon. Yeah, they had oh, to because they got running backs dropping like flies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But um, that's probably that's probably what I'm most anticipating. Um, not even looking forward to the Pittsburgh game, to be honest with you. They play Buffalo. You don't want to see them uh, battle? Yeah, yeah, you know, Pittsburgh, 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 their organization is kind of testing me right now, how they're handling the T.J. Watt negotiation. So I'm not really – I'm not – I got a little bone to pick with them right now. So right, I'll, right. we'll deal with that later. But, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to that. Yeah, I gotta go Green Bay, New Orleans, because I definitely want to see what Mister Discount Double Check gonna do out the gate. But I also want to see how Jameis Winston is gonna run this offense to, to break out the new year. So I think that for me, that's the most intriguing game to see if who that nation can ride behind Winston this year. Oh, oh I'll also say uh, Philly and Atlanta. That's my other game. <laughs> I, I want to see what Jalen Hurts does. Come on, come on. I want to see what Jalen Hurts does under center. Like, okay, just cool. say you want to see Jalen Hurts play. Philly, cool. <laughs> Atlanta. Come on. I want to see Jalen Hurts. Is that better? Than that? <laughs> hey, another another game I think is is worth noting is to see um, New England battle Miami. Miami. Mm-hmm. Which, which cool. besides the quarterback, besides the quarterback um, narrative mm-hmm. between the two, tar- two starting quarterbacks, I just want to see if New England is is back because that's a very good litmus test because Miami potentially could be the best team. Potentially, I said I didn't say they were. They potentially could be the best team in that division, and if they are, um, this is I think this is going to be a real because think about it. It's protege. Yeah, it's teacher versus Stoop, right? They're gonna smoke. This is going to be an interesting game, I think, because again, New England don't forget had the most opt outs last year, so it's just Mm -hmm. a fascinating matchup. That's a good game too. And I got them smoking Miami out the gate. Someone actually gave a crazy take of um, New England winning the AFC East. Oh, it can happen though. Since that's not crazy, it could happen. Let Mm -hmm. Josh Allen get a like a high ankle sprain. Hey, 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 hey. I don't wish <laughs> But no, I can actually see that happening too because the defense is coming back. You had players that were out last year that's coming back this year. Yeah, so. yeah. And they built a team to run actually their style of offense. And now they have a quarterback that actually run their style of offense. Two tight end dominance. We're going to mm-hmm. run the ball. You're going to throw the ball right across the middle, real easy, easy reads. And we ain't got to worry about the outside too much. Just quick passes, and we're gonna let the defense and time of possession dominate. So it's gonna be interesting to see what New England does this year. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of sneaky games that a lot of people might not be looking at, but should be good. Arizona at Tennessee. That was another good one. I Ooh, at. That, yeah. Because a lot of people say think that the Titans are gonna take a step back this year. I don't see it. Not with Julio. <laughs> and, and Arizona, I mean, uh, is the coach. The coach is kind of coaching for his job because if they do what they did last year, he's gonna be down at Alabama as a consultant <laughs> trying to rehabilitate. Yeah. Back. Get ready, <laughs> back him. And that, that's a bloodbath division in too. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Seattle, Indianapolis. Can Russ, did Russ really get over all the stuff he was dealing with Seattle? And on the Indy side, what is Carson Wentz? The last time we saw Carson Wentz, he was a bum. He's going to be a bum when the next time we saw him. <laughs> so he I know that line might save him. Hurt again. Well, that's true. That's true. That line might save him. It's just good to have the NFL back, fellas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I said all of them for me. Yeah, let me adjust my red zone is primed and ready. <laughs> Even Philly and Atlanta. Because I want to see my man Pitts break out. Yo, I want to give a shout out to ESPN uh, for doing something that um, probably should have been done a long time ago. But ESPN is highlighting some HBCUs this season. They're putting a bunch of games on. Um, You had... uh, what they call it uh, since the Orange Blossom Classic? Orange Blossom Classic. They had Jackson State University with prime time against um, uh, FAMU. FAMU. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, defensive struggle. Both teams were a little out of sync on offense, but just they were on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. followed it up by having Fort Valley State uh, go against. Give it to me, Professor. Tuskegee. Tuskegee. Mm. So you had two HBCU games on the ESP, ESPN, ESPN2 in the same weekend. Yes, sir. Yeah. Come yeah. on, now. If it wasn't, you know, the Bayou Classic or something like that, you wouldn't seeing that. These are regular season yeah. games. So shout out, shout yeah. out to ESPN. And they say they're going to have <laughs> many more. So you got to give props to Prime because Prime is bringing Prime TV it. cameras <laughs> to HBCUs, and hopefully with the Eddie Georges of the world and all that coming back to HBCUs to coach, we'll get more of that so we can see these young players. Hey, so what did y'all think of uh, Jackson State's new helmets? I love it. Ooh, them things are sweet. I like them. I think they were slick. That's that Under Armour money. I I think that's slick. He also bought that Under Armour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me also say real quick that this was the first time that classic has been played since 1967. So that you know in itself being brought back is a, is a huge thing for um HBCUs. Yeah, and uh, right. yeah, and, and shout out to Michael Strahan. Michael mm-hmm. Strahan laced mm-hmm. the Jackson State University team with custom. Mm-hmm. Made suits for each mm-hmm. and everybody. Nice. So when they travel, they travel in style. So who is in a, and he's an Come HBCU on. grad himself. Come to the house, Mr. Strahan. More yeah. house needs you too. So, <laughs> good stuff. Good small stuff. steps. Small steps. Small mm-hmm. steps. That's all I got to say. Small steps. Yeah. So hopefully we won't have another period where it's been years since somebody from an HBCU gets drafted. Because they got good football players. Amen. Amen. All right, fellas. <clears throat> show one, year three. That's right. Get ready to put it in the books. So it's time for our final post so we can get up out of here. So let's start with the man, J3. What you got for us? Just saying congratulations for two years strong and two more to go or longer. Amen. 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 Professor. Well, you know, I can't go wrong with my final post. Now, you mentioned the September 4th twins, but my wife 
makes it triplets. Her birthday was on the fourth as well. So wow. happy birthday again, baby. Wow. Love birthday. you. Thanks for supporting happy the birthday. show. Yep, yep. Yeah, to have three significant people in my life all born on the same day. That's crazy. So. That's amazing. That's crazy. Ed, you up. Well, I can't even get it. I wouldn't be able to get away with it, but my mother's birthday was on Friday, September 3rd. Wow. wow. <laughs> hey, I know my mom's watching right now. So we know. <laughs> we know. That's why I love your mom so much. <laughs> wow. That's my, That was my grandmother's birthday. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's Steve Hill's birthday. Great women born on that day. Yes. No doubt. So uh, uh, happy birthday to mom. Glad that we made it this far. Uh, let's yeah. let's keep doing this. Um, just everybody, thank you for like like Big Red mentioned and uh, we acknowledged earlier. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Please continue to be safe and cognizant of of each other. Um, and we'll see you next week. Looking forward to the football season getting kicked off Thursday night. Amen. Yes. Yes, Happy birthday again, Ma. Congratulations, since you up. Um, echoing the sentiments of everybody. Happy anniversary to us. Two years down, lifetime to go. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it uh keep it moving. And on a more somber note, let's just give prayers up to uh Cedric Sabalos. You know, pray that he pulls through. He's currently in um ICU with COVID. Mm. He um mm. yeah, posted um something on Instagram of him, you know, in a hospital bed with the face mask. And when you see that, you know that's not good. So let's just, you know, put some prayers up for him mm. and his family. Sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd like to use my final post to offer just a small suggestion to everybody. Gratitude. Mm -hmm. People do things for us each and every day. Sometimes we don't realize it, but often we do. Take some time out to tell people who do things for you, thank you. And if you actually have a little extra time, tell them why you're saying thank you. Because sometimes thank you is okay, but it doesn't explain. Let people know how grateful you are that they do what they do for you and that they're in your lives. If we were all a little more grateful and expressed to people how we think and the gratitude we have for what they do for us, I think this whole world would be a whole lot better. So. On our anniversary, as we celebrate the people that helped us get this show started, again, i like to say thank you to everybody. i like to say thank you to all our listeners. We really appreciate you. We know without you, we wouldn't be here. So, again, if you have a moment, somebody does something for you, just tell them thanks. It might make their day. Amen. Amen. All right. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening. We appreciate your time and opportunity to share our positions on sports with you. Please tune in next Tuesday, 7 p.m. for our next live show. We're here each and every week, 7 p.m. Rain or shine, snow, as long as we got power, we're going to be home. <laughs> yes, Professor. See y'all Thursday for the post-Power Play Fantasy Football Show, 7 p.m. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So get your fantasy lineups in gear because you got kickoff Thursday night. So you got to get it in gear. Yes, sir. If you can't join us live, we understand not everybody is available Tuesday, 7 p.m., but you got multiple ways where you can find us. You can check us out on our YouTube channel, Positional Sports Talk Show. 
our Facebook page, Physicians on Sports Talk Show. If you're a podcast and you like podcasts, guess what? Pick a platform, you can find us. All you got to do is put in the show's title. We're there. And if you want to get in contact with us, hit us up on our Facebook page. Hit us up on our Twitter. Our Twitter page is up on each and every show, Positions on SPL1. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we appreciate the time. Have a wonderful week. Always stay safe, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Peace. See you. God bless.